Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. I am your host, Will May, team leader and real estate coach at Keller Williams Greater Omaha. Um, this podcast is where I get the opportunity to sit down with real estate agents, team leaders, operations people that are in the business on a day-to-day basis and just discuss, you know, what are we going through, what's working, what's not working, the fun, the fun things that we're trying, right? So this week's episode is with Libby Long with Berkshire Hathaway, the Briley team, um, has absolutely exploded onto the scene over the past three years. It's been funny because I've told people you're coming on to the podcast, and I'm like, oh my God, she's freaking killing it right now. So congratulations. Really? Yeah, and That's welcome cool. to the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I always start with a few questions. We're going to start with those, and then we'll just kind of hop into a normal, casual conversation that we do have. Um, I always start with, if you could write a book today, what would you write about? I have no desire to ever write a book, but I would probably, if I were going to write a book, it'd probably be just pull your bootstraps up and don't be a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes, we have finally had somebody cuss on tape. I love it. Okay, so um, don't be a bitch is the book title we're going to go with, okay? That's probably just because I'm in like a mood right now. I wouldn't wouldn't (laughs) title it that exactly. Um, It probably kind of is the story of how you've kind of... um, really grown in the industry over the past three years, right? Like there's, it's, it's very easy to get to a place where woe is me, this is a problem victim mindset. Yeah. And you, you, from the sounds of it, it sounds as if that's not something you live by. Yeah, I just, I can't stand it when like there, there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse as to what and what didn't get done or who you didn't call or why you couldn't do like the simple things or, and it, it's just, that just is like my biggest pet peeve. It's awesome. And yeah. This isn't rocket science, right? Like right. selling real estate, has been done before. It's something you can learn and develop in. And a lot of times what holds us back is ourself. Mm-hmm. I, you just got to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, moving on to the next question. What, in your opinion, whether it's to, you know, the public or to other agents, maybe people getting into the industry, what's the biggest misunderstanding of being a realtor? There's a lot of misunderstanding. A lot of people think you can do it part-time and it's a good side income. Um, and it's not a part-time gig. A lot of, uh, I feel like teachers think that it's a good avenue for that. Um, and also parents think that it is something they can do while keeping their kids home, like being a stay-at-home mom and being a realtor, and it's not at all. In fact, you're going to see your kids probably less than if you were to work in corporate America. Yeah. So those are the two biggest, for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially in the beginning, right? When when yeah. it's a hustle and it's a grind those first couple of years, which you're probably feeling mm-hmm. the effects of right now, that's really the most challenging time, especially to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to make money. Like, you're not going to have consistent income. So do you have the reserves for six months where you're going to be okay? Your family's not going to starve. People don't think about that either. Yeah. Yeah, that's so important. Mm-hmm. And, and I wish we could educate people before they got in, right? Because... Seems like it's going to be easy once we start. I know. I don't know where they get all the misinformation. Like, oh, oh it's easy. It's side income. Just social media, you know? I guess. HGTV. Selling all these, Sunset. Yeah, selling Sunset. Um, <laughs> That's why I got my license. See? Funny story. I was like, what? These girls can do it. I can do it. <laughs> you know? Why not? And then, we get, and then we get hit in the face with the reality of this is what the business is. It's Yeah, and then you cry every day your first year. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. Um, Last question before we kind of get into, I want to go back to what you just, a little bit of that stuff you just talked about, but what's kind of your take on the market right now and what's happening? Um, interest rates are really high. You're, you're not moving because you want to move. 
Uh, you're moving because you're going through a significant change in your life. Your family is expanding. Um, you're going through a divorce. You need to actually like downsize or right size, whatever. Um, and I mean, it's still, it's still a good time to buy. I mean, it's not competitive I, right now. It's not like it was last summer or yeah. last winter. So if you are thinking about it, you should do it. There's so many avenues that people don't know about. Yeah. Um, you're, you said something that was right. It's, you're not moving because you want to. You're moving because you, you have need, to. You have to. You need to. How are you identifying those folks? Just having conversations. Yeah. Just putting yourself out there and meeting people and asking them about themselves. That's awesome. Uh, where do you see this market going over the next one to two years? If you have clients asking you, like, hey, rate's going to come down. Should I buy now? Should I sell now? How are you, how are you explaining what the future is kind of going to look like from your eyes? I don't have a crystal ball. I just really try to hone in on, like, their reason. Like, why do you want to move? Oh, we just want a couple of acres in a house and blah, 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 whatever. Okay, well, if you want an acreage, acreages are going to be competitive in a year or two when rates go down. So right now is when you should be looking at acreages. Yeah, your payment's going to be a little bit higher as long as you're going to be okay, though. Just refinance when the rates go down. I don't know when they're going down, but but I'm going to guarantee you in two years, it's, it's going to be so hard again because it's... That's what I'm dealing with right now is acreages, I feel like, in th that department. But. It's becoming much more competitive. You're, you said something that was really um, really intelligent when it comes to working with clients. Mm -hmm. You've got We've been through the last three years, so we know what competitive market sounds like, right? So you have to take them ahead and fast forward. Hey, when rates go down, through asking great questions, when rates go down, um, what do you think is going to happen to the competitiveness in the market and going back to multiple offers? Do you want to compete? Mm -hmm. What happens when we compete? Prices go up, right? And you have to lay that out for them because most people get afraid at the surface. Like, oh, I don't want to buy anymore. Right, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. do you want a home inspection? Is that important to you? Great, then now you should buy because in two years, I don't know if you're going to get a home inspection. Yeah. Because people are going to waive them and bid 20000 over asking and all of a sudden people are going to have all this cash again. So. And historically, the prices have appreciated over time. For sure. So we know that's going to be a constant, no matter what. So the more the more time we take to wait, you're pa you're you're passing up on pros possibly the the perfect property yeah. for you. Stop waiting to buy. For yep. sure. So this is worst case scenario. And when, like you said, like if you have clients that are like the market's going to crash or rates are going to drop, no matter what. Okay, cool. When that happens, you're going to be in a much better position to just lower your payment. You already have your property. Mm -hmm. That's big. So you're having that conversation quite a bit. Oh uh, yes, like every day. That's awesome. Every day, three times a day, yeah. See, and that and that's advising clients, right? It's mm -hmm. not about getting a sale now. It's about what's the best opportunity for you in this current market. Uh, yes, the best opportunity for that person, for yep. sure. Cool. Okay, so I want to I want to back up a little bit, and thanks for that. Um, how long have you been selling real estate? Three years exactly in February. Three years in February. Mm -hmm. So how has your life changed? Dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so I had my son already when I started because it was during COVID and he was not even one yet. And then I had a baby last year, I think, uh, 16 months ago. Mm -hmm. So I had a baby in the middle of my career. Um, but it's been really good. It's been a great career change for sure. That's awesome. What, what did you, can you tell me like um, units and volume, whatever one you kind of track more, what you did year one, two, this year? Yeah, I think I did 2 million my first year. I did six and a half million my second year, and this year I'm at thirteen million. Dang. Mm-hmm. 
What's been like? What's what's been the change in terms of activities, or what's like contributed to the you know getting to thirteen plus? My first year, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, okay, meeting people and just like, I don't know. I feel like I just have a good like sphere, maybe like friends and stuff, and they. They were so nice to trust me my first year, but I had no idea what I was doing. And then the second year, I did join a team, and then I learned how to, like, prospect and follow up, and that was a game changer. And then, like, this year, working in my third year, I did hire a coach, and I've been talking to the other top-producing agents to see what they do. And it's all about, like, consistency and reading the millionaire real estate agent. Like, the book just lays it out for you, yeah. and, like, it's... That's all you have to do. There's there's been a path, right? Yeah. There's yeah. been a path. We don't need to recreate the wheel. Exactly. And it, it, that shows, though, right? Like to not to drop your ego a little bit and say, hey, there's been other people that have sold houses and a lot of them. Yeah. Let's go learn what they did and just implement. Well, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, someone else is going to do this. So if I don't do it, someone else is going to take that business, and I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Like that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. And your your clients in your sphere deserve the best, right? Oh, and, for sure. And you better believe you're the best if you want to, you know, compete in this market. You better believe you're the best. For sure. So I think that's big. And you carry that confidence, I think, when you conduct yourself from what I hear from other agents. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what have activities? So you said I uh, hopped on a team, I think you're two, hired a coach this year, started talking to other top agents. How has prospecting changed from when you joined the team and learned what prospecting was mm -hmm. to, you know, what it is today? I'm still learning. Um, it's learning, like, the conversations. I, like, I had to learn. I need to ask for the appointment on these conversations. So I had to have what my goal is in, in having kids and sick kids. It, it does throw me off every now and then. But, I like, every day I do um, – make 10 contacts so I'm having 10 real estate conversations a day and that's a lot like if I sit down and just focus and do it it seriously takes me four hours and maybe I'll get better at it and faster at it but um then from that from having those conversations every so 50 conversations a week I make one one buyer appointment and one seller appointment every week and I just consistently do that and by doing that I'm just like oh my gosh like the pipeline just keeps growing and it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Yes. And you get have new stress, right? Where it's not stress of it. Can I earn an income? The stress now is, um, how do I leverage? Yes, that is exactly correct. Actually. Yeah. Um, you're probably starting to feel that a little bit now. Yes. What are your leverage pieces currently that you have implemented into your business that you're or trying to, I guess? Well, I plan to implement like a full transaction coordinator where once I get the contracts, like I'm not looking at, I don't have to look at the paperwork again and they can take care of like my marketing, like the email blasts and like the, so I mean, I love to do my own social media, but it takes time to do the Canva and like everything. It takes so long, like two hours to get a listing to go live, you know? So that kind of leverage is what I'm working on. Um, that for sure. Cool. Yes. Um, what is the conversation sound like? So um, are you calling people you don't know? Are you calling only folks in your database right now? You're 50. So I have really good luck on Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook. <laughs> people are going to like, don't copy me. <laughs> but anyone who like likes my posts or comments or tags, I, I'm in their inbox. Hey, I saw that so-and-so tagged you. Like, I would love to show you this house. Are you busy this weekend mm -hmm. um, doing that, meeting people? Uh, what else? I go through my phone. Before I had to do cold calls, I'd rather offer value 
to warm, lukewarm mm -hmm. people than like call a random stranger because yeah. usually they hang up on you and I'm like fumbling through. And so I try to do it. I try to do that instead. So you said you followed like the MREA book, which mm -hmm. I mean, everyone in the KW world knows and, and a lot of people outside, right? So it's, it's a quick path to building leverage and systems. Uh, do you, have you built your database already? Is it something you're working on? How big is it? Okay, uh, my CRM has like almost 400 people. Awesome. But then I have like 200, 250 where it's like I'm constantly investing in them. Like they, they get my Christmas cards. They get my, you know, these are the people that know, like, trust me. I know will use me. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. That's your sphere, right? Yeah. So you, have, you have your Mets and non-Mets or your sphere and the folks that maybe you've had acquaintances is a better way to put it, right? Yeah. People that you know, but maybe don't have the best relationship in the work we do as agents to build our databases, take those people we don't know or the acquaintances people and get them into that. Yeah, people like that we take care of. the systematic stuff that the CRM does, yeah. Yep, yep. And so do you plan, do you talk to them a certain amount of times per year? Is it, or do you plan on calling them quarterly or bi-yearly, whatever that is? So for which people? For the people that you, that you said you, you pour into the most, so 200, 250. Um, so I like to do pot buys. So I would usually like send them a gift or, or like, I like to just be in their life. Like when they have a baby or something, I'll send them like a little giraffe in the mail. And then I ask them how they're doing. And could, I feel like people my age, they don't want a phone call. They much rather just like message and text. And if you message them on Facebook, then your stuff pops up more mm -hmm. on there timeline so yep. it's kind of all I kind of just do how I and older people love a phone call and I love calling them because they're fun to talk to so I just kind of just gauge it that cool. way yeah so it just depends on who they are mm -hmm. and what they're their most um what they want for communication style. yeah um, I, I love what you said though you said I want to be a part of their lives yeah. Is that draining on you? Because, I mean, you have a family, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you found different ways to leverage that to make it a little bit easier. But everybody that I've heard that's been succeeding, especially in this market, has taken the approach of, I just want to build relationships and be a part of their life. What you just said. I haven't heard it that way. But um, I want to be a part of their life. How are you doing that consistently besides just watching on Facebook and making calls? Um, so I live in Washington County, and it's a smaller community. So... There's just smaller town events that I can go and I see them. And then there's like holiday parties that like my friends will throw and I'll show up at those. And that's when I get to see everybody. And I go to like their brunches and stuff like that. I just go. You know? Be active. Yeah. I mean, I am pretty like I'm not I, like if someone wants to go to a movie, I won't. I can't. I can't sit still in a movie because I'm like, I have so many things to do and I can be with my kids. But so I can't do that. But I'll have coffee with someone once a week, like, hey, let's just go catch up or do lunch or Chinese or something. But I am pretty, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, my no's mean no. Yeah. I have to be kind of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Well, you've just learned, you've learned how to prioritize yeah. what's important to your family, probably first. Yeah. And then secondly, to your business. Yes. It seems I mean, like that's the, kind of what you do. The lines get blurry, but yeah. Yeah. yeah there's never a balance, right? Like, I always, never a balance. I always like to talk with people like we all want balance, but at the end yeah. of the day, it's all one and both sides are there to teach you a lesson on the other side. It's choice management. Choice management. That's really good. Um, how are you viewing choice management? How'd you learn that? And how do you, how do you, how do you implement it consistently on a day-to-day -day basis? Cause I think a lot of people struggle with that. Well, okay. I feel like right now I'm going to answer it because my kids have been sick, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So 
my kids are sick. I want to be with my kids. Like my baby is sick and has a fever. So choice management, like I had a client who I've only met once and they're not super committed to me, but they are reaching out to me and they wanted to see a house. So I was like, I'm, I'm not going to show this house to them, but I do have friends who would be willing to do it for me and either pay them or they're just do me a favor and I'll do them a favor later. So just making that choice, like I'm going to stay home with my kids because they're sick and have someone else help. And if they don't like that, then it is what it is. I don't care. That's the part right there. If they don't like that, I don't care. And it's not that you don't care about your people, right? Right. It's when you prioritize things, right? Yeah. And so I think you just, like that's the hard part for people to understand is um, a lot of us get into the industry for money, okay? And so when we do that and then you turn, you say, hey, I can't come because my kiddo's sick. You think you're going to lose that person. Oh, for sure. How did you get overcome that? Because I'm sure you dealt with that in the beginning, right? Yeah, time. And, like, the people have just screwed me over before. And so now I'm, I just assume everyone's going to screw me <laughs> over. So my kids aren't going to remember me selling a house. They're going to remember where my mom, my mom was at home with me. When That's I was right. Sick. My mom, they're not going to remember my mom sold $13 million in real estate. They're going to remember my mom was never home. So. Yeah. That's what my coach said, and then that was like oh, a punch to the gut, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, you've really got to be able to, um, which is really great advice, and we had Johnny Reyes on uh, a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing, like, uh, my kiddos aren't going to remember. Mm -hmm. um, they're not. They're going to remember me on the phone all the time if that's yeah. the choice I, I choose to make, and so I've had to make a consistent effort and remind myself that, you're, you're parenting first. Mm -hmm. And so I want to make the right choices in their eyes because you're, you're setting the stage for what they're going to do, right? Yeah. That's big. Um, and it takes a lot of maturity, obviously as a mother and as a real estate agent to make those choices consistently. And here's the other thing, like what I'm learning about your consistent hitting 50 per week or pipeline builds. Once you have a large pipeline, it, who cares if you lose that person? Yeah, this cold sign call who cares i don't care who cares there's yeah. 20 in the four surrounding counties there's twenty six thousand sides right every and single year so i'm always like okay and i tell my clients up front like i'm gonna do anything for you like i'm gonna drop everything and show a house for you if you are working with me and it's teamwork and like you're communicating like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to get you what you want if you're going to not listen to me and not take my advice and you don't want to work with just me you want to kind of see what's out there I'm not gonna I'm not going to drop everything for you and that's just the way it is do you want to be my client or not mm -hmm. because I'm gonna give everything to you yeah so it's just the expectations so you just saw the confidence right there come out you just went literally into like real estate agent mode and you're like this is how it is I'm gonna take control of this conversation but we're gonna win yeah I mean I always win it's just are you gonna win with me or are you gonna like teeter over there because yep. You can have fun over there. Yep. I'll be over here. So now that now you're seeing the confidence, like in the conversation, that's what's really probably brought you to a place where, hey, I'm at 13 plus million. I'm probably going to go much further than that as I continue into my career, um, which I'm Hopefully. sure. Hopefully, 20 sure, million next year, right? Which, yeah, 20 million next year, which I'm sure has taken a lot. Like a year ago, you'd been like, can I actually do that? Now you're like, no, I'm on the way. Yeah, this year I was like, there's no way I can do 10 million. No way. <laughs> And then I like got there so fast. It's interesting, right? What consistency can do. Mm -hmm. How consi how um, how consistently you've been hitting fifty per per week and how long? Uh, okay, fifty per week has only been like a two month okay. thing. Before it was five five a day, mm -hmm. and then before that it was just kind of I didn't really have a plan. 
I just made sure to talk to people. What, tell me when, when, what month did you start five a day? I don't know. What month is it right now? October? <laughs> um, July. Okay. So it, it shows what can happen, not even in a short amount of time, but compound yeah. interest, right? Staying focused days. on one thing. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to back up one, a little bit even further. Uh, to when you were a brand new agent and you kind of went through, you did 2 million because your, your people loved you and they cared about you, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, you decided to join a team. Um, I think you said year two. So if you were talking to a new agent that's maybe getting into the market, trying to determine, um, you know, drop broker decide if I want to go individual or if I want to be on a team, what kind of advice would you give them and how did it serve you? It just depends on like who you're willing to talk to it just depends who you're willing to talk to and what you're willing to do. Do you want leads? Like, do you just want to be spoon fed all the time? Because I feel like a team is honestly good for that. They give you leads. My team gives us a ton of little leads. I'm not going to lie. Um, so it, do you want that? Do you want to fill the pipeline faster and quicker? It'll, it'll make you a lazy agent for sure. Cause it's easy. You just pick up the phone and go. Um, or are you willing to put in the hard work because there's other options like you can pick up phone duty or join the relocation team with your brokerage or um there's you know other accountability to be an individual agent i think if you're a doer you don't need a team if you need help join a team mm -hmm. maybe it's not a forever thing yeah um and then if you just want to be spoon fed for sure you're going to be on the team forever <laughs> yeah no i think you said something that was um, and uh kobe and i have talked about this a lot of times when it comes to different ways of doing this right and so um if you're in this for short-term money and you want to make quick cash the team's a really a really good way to step into the industry learn how to sell houses learn mm -hmm. how to make some and make an income I always do like to say, like, there's going to be times where you build some bad habits, oh, yeah. um, right? But if you want to take the long game approach, this database, it's, everything comes down to building a pipeline. Your pipeline's fed by your database, and your database needs a communication system mm -hmm. of how are we talking to them on a consistent basis. And then everybody you meet goes into that database. So you're just creating a long-term funnel. The problem is it's not as sexy, and it's not as quick, and you don't make as money within the first month. I think that's Three the hard months, part. Six months. Three, six, it takes so. a long time. Yeah. Like five years. Yeah. So. And, and once you get to that point, that's when you start to see the, uh, all the fruits of the labor up until that point. Yeah. Whereas if you've been in the industry for two, three, four years, uh, maybe doing more leads or doing a different source at which you're getting your income, um, switching to that's probably even more challenging. Yeah. Are you doing a lot of Zillow stuff now? Or is it mostly sphere referral? Right now, it's mostly referral and sphere and just lead gen and stuff like that. I haven't taken a Zillow in quite a while. Cool. Which is nice. Yeah, I bet that does feel nice. I mean, look, sometimes it's great. I pick up the phone, I go show three houses, and they write a contract, and it's like, well, that was really cool and yeah. easy in two hours of my life whatever but then you pay a lot too for those leads so yeah and and again this is not to say that's the wrong way to do it because guess what those people go into if you have a database system when you those got time can. go do it you know if you don't have kids and you're 18 or 19 how whatever you got to be to be a realtor whatever go do it go do it all you have is time go do it but also do the other things make your five phone calls a day because then if you don't then you're screwed yeah because the market is different right now yeah it's and you're, not easy. And you're not setting yourself up. It isn't easy. Yeah. You're setting yourself up to fail. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, okay, so now speak, so we have that group of agents. Now we have a group of agents that maybe in years, you know, two through six and maybe um, not hitting their volume number, the income number they want. If you wanted to have a breakout year, because mm -hmm. you've had a breakout year now, right? What's like one or two things you would do in 2024 to have a breakout year? 
What w- sorry, what would you describe as a breakout year? I so guess. like say you're doing two, three, four million dollars in volume and you want to go 10 plus, like double your mm-hmm. uh, volume, double the amount of units you do. What's like a couple things you could do to implement um, in order to get you there? You would just up your prospecting and your lead gen. You double your open houses. You double your phone calls. You double it. That's what you would do. Okay. How, what about what about accountability? How do you like? Because sometimes that's a challenging thing for agents, right? To make it sure is. they're doing it without accountability. You know what is frustrating is like when you're a good agent and like you want to be held accountable. No, there's no one else to like. No, one, the top agents they are doing something. They have their own accountability partner. And then like there's me and then there's like other agents who don't care. They don't want to be held accountable. They don't care and they have all the excuses. So honestly, I'm still looking for someone who can be like yeah, so a good script partner and accountability like that that one-on-one relationship where like you're constantly building each other up and so I feel like that's really hard to find. Yeah, for especially inside the industry of somebody that's doing it with you, right? So yeah. you got to you got to place yourself in an environment where you're working on your skill sets. Yeah. Especially in the market we're coming up to, right? 20 pre, 20% um, decrease in units 3 years in a row. Now people are really starting to feel the pressure mm-hmm. and what you're seeing is people like yourself, top agents having the best years they've ever had while the big portion of our industry is leaving. Mm-hmm. We haven't worked on our skill sets. We got to start working on our skill sets daily. Right. Are you doing those things currently, or is that something you're wanting to implement? So I work on it, but honestly, it could be better. It could be better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you said that you you alluded to that when you said you talk you're talking to top agents. You know, yeah, oh, other yeah. top agents are you know figuring out what they do. Yes. So the one thing I've kind of learned in this conversation is like you're one that when you hear this works or somebody lays out a plan, you're going to go do that plan. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you probably don't give yourself enough credit on this, but you did um, do you did hire a coach. Yeah, I did. Okay. And so that's a big accountability piece that you've implemented over the past year. Or so that's probably helped you just speed up all the good stuff you were already doing. For sure. You probably yeah. learned a lot in that process. Yes. They have definitely helped me from like quitting when it, when it gets really hard because it gets really hard sometimes. Yeah. How do you approach those things? Like when you get hit with a, with a more mentally challenging moment, like kids are sick and clients are, you know, not, maybe not doing what you want them to or deals are falling apart. Like what's your thing that you do in order to kind of hold yourself strong? Um, well, recently what my coach has said, which is, which is what I've been telling myself like every day for the last week is if you're, if you're thinking about the future, right, the things for tomorrow and the deals and the closings, like that's anxiety. You're going to give yourself anxiety. And when you're thinking about the past, that's going to cause depression. So today, what can you what can you focus on? And you can only focus and control on control what you do today. So just just rem- reminding myself, like I can only do what I can do today. Like that's it. Yeah. I, I hope that answers the question. So <laughs> no, you said it perfectly. It's just so challenging. Yeah. It's so I, challenging when you're in that day. You have to just reshape your mindset. I mean, that's just pulling up your bootstraps. You just, that, that's what it is. You just do it. Take a step forward. Otherwise, you're like, what else are you going to do? Fail or quit? Like, then go do that, you know? Did you really give yourself any other option or is this like, I'm making this work and I don't care what happens? Uh, I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make it work because I don't want to fail. I have a fear of failure. I can't fail. So. That is my mindset. Yeah, it's interesting because top performers, a lot of them have that same fear. And, and there are two types of people in the world. We all, I mean, we all f- can fear failure, right? But one, some of us let it paralyze us, mm-hmm. and some of us run as fast as we possibly can. 
Now, the, the, the name of the game in that whole entire process, because I did this for a long time too, um, is once you get running fast enough, you forget that you have a, a life outside of the sprint. Yeah. And so we, there's no balance, but it's important to prioritize um, family, yourself, you know, yeah. you know your, your um, spirit, and, different things like that. Like, and just accepting that I have kids, so I'm not going to be... Shout out to Megan Owens. I'm not going to be Megan Owens because I have two kids. I can't do it. But I can be, you know, the best I can be. And I can still, I'm better than a lot of other people. So I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're doing 13 to 15 million this year. You're going to go do 20 million next year. And at some point you reach your capacity as an individual agent and you got to start averaging leverage pieces. So, and, and those are either systems or people. For sure. And then you have to become a leader. And there's a whole growth path inside of real estate that's so fun, right? Because then For you sure. get to step into leadership, which is its own its own uh, battle. I don't think I would ever start my own team. Yeah. But bringing on like a full-time admin and a showing assistant, that's definitely a goal of mine. Which is your team, right? So there's two ways to view a team. And there's a misconception that teams are all agents. Mm-hmm. But your operations people and your transaction coordinator, the people you work with are your team. And you get to lead them. Yes. Right? Okay, Libby, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to ask one more question. Um, as we, we may have already answered it as we've you know, kind of progressed through the conversation. And, and honestly, great job in your first three years. You're absolutely crushing. I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. Um, if you could go back to day one in real estate and all the things that you've learned up until now, what kind of advice would you give yourself and how would you talk to yourself? I would have told myself to join a bigger brokerage because I joined a little tiny brokerage that was small town and they had no resources. Join a bigger brokerage that has resources and just fully just be in the education all the time and work on, start your database as soon as possible and work on your boundaries as soon as possible. Hmm. Have a growth mindset. Yes. What do you mean when you said work on boundaries? Like setting up expectations up front. Yeah. With your clients or with everybody? Like With everybody. Okay. With your family, with everybody. I mean, you don't know until you know. Yep. But that's definitely something I wish I would have done. Um, what about working on, like, I mean, I know we're a parent and, you know, a businesswoman and all these things. Are you working on yourself outside of work, like, you know, fitness and reading books and podcasts and things like that? What do you do to, to grow your mind? <laughs> I love true crime. So that's my guilty pleasure is mm-hmm. all the true crime. I love to read. I just read The Outlier. Great book. Great book. Great book. Um, I love fitness, but I ju- that's something in my life for time. I just, I had to choose sleep or fitness. Mm-hmm. And right now it's sleep because I have a baby and I choose sleep. I'm a horrible person without it. So, <laughs> so um, that, that is, yes. And then I like to, I, I honestly like to clean my house. I mean, I have help with cleaning my house but like scrubbing my floors with pine salt gives me the greatest satisfaction ever i know that's <laughs> I heard so this weird <laughs> um oh. i know that's weird but really it's just like family and i like to read and and be present with them right yes that's awesome mm-hmm. well look i certainly appreciate this conversation we've never actually talked in person so i know we've texted back and forth you've come to some events and different mm-hmm. things like that um but i can always tell that you have a growth mindset and you're wanting to learn. I'm now noticing your competitiveness and confidence and (laughs) to be able to be in the industry as a younger leader, it's gonna be exciting to see how you grow moving forward. 
I'm excited for that, and I appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah, okay. If, if that was valuable to y'all um, in any capacity, we'd love for y'all to share, subscribe, uh, send this to anyone that, you know, it might be benefit for them to listen to. Um, let's thank Libby for being on the podcast, and we will see y'all next week. Yeah. 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 Yeah.